I was sold to a sick European by a rich African battling. Middle passages, I can't go back again. Battling years into denying history, lives with mysteries, wives with misty eyes, watching they niggas be beaten. Wilderness in North America ran by the river, only stopping to pray. Chased by predators, terrorists with etiquette who vote and kill their president. Their capacity for evil so evident and prevalent. Ain't no hesitation to evolve, a nation dissolve while we sit back waiting to evolve. Those who were traded their freedom for their protection deserve neither. Fuck a name, fuck tradition, religion. You learn Jesus. Turn the other cheek, inherit the earth. Just stay meek. Fuck the way you speak. Try to walk, we chop off your feet. Fast forward to 2003. Niggas beef, the psychology of children are slaves. Trying to find bigger guns so they can finish the job. Yeah, pieces when the crack kids can't find moms because they in a pawn box, a lock behind bars. Yeah, beef make the summer jam for hot 97. Beef is the cocaine and AIDS epidemic. Beef don't come with a radio edit. Beef is when the judge is calling you defendant. Beef, it come with a long jail sentence. Handed down to you in a few short minutes. Yeah. Beef is when your girl come through for a visit. Talking about I'm pregnant by some other nigga. Beef is high blood pressure and bad credit. Need a loan for your home and you're too broke to get it. And all your little kids is doing is getting bigger. You're trying not to raise them around these wild niggas. Beef is when the gold digger got your seat in a, a manicured handout like pay me nigga. Or oh, I'm telling your wife. for starting up some yeah. foul rumor that'll ruin your life. Beef is when a gangster ain't doing, doing it right. right And other gangsters undecided what to do with his life Beef is not what these famous niggas do on the mic uh. Beef is what George Bush would do in the fight That's right. Beef is not what Josh said to 50 uh. Beef is well done earth not being here with me When a soldier ends his life with his own gun Beef is trying to figure out what to tell his son uh. Beef is oil prices and geopolitics Beef is Iraq, the West Bank, and Gaza Strip Some beef is big and some beef is small But what y'all call beef it's not beef at all. Beef is real life happening uh, every day. And it's realer than them songs that you gave to K Slate. This has been a Black Star PSA from most deaf, pretty Flacco, Black Dante, and the Black Star Embassy Black Star. B to the K. What's up, everybody? Welcome back once again. You are live from the plantation. Uh, glad to be back on the airways. We had a slow start to uh, 2021. Uh, but we're getting back on track. Um, I was privileged to be on with Brother Max this past Sunday um, on Abolition Today, and we got a chance to have a, um, a great discussion about some of the things going on around the country, uh, activities that people on the inside are doing, outside, just all around. Um, we talked about some of the things taking place in Washington, D.C. We're going to follow up on that tonight. Uh, but most importantly, we're going to have the, the lines open for our callers to press one. You know, this is a caller-driven show. Um, we'd like to bring our guest on to uh, tell your story, to uh, let your voice be heard. Um, we create these platforms for people who are behind enemy lines, people who are on the plantations, in the cages, behind the walls or fences, uh, the U.S. Uh, plantation system, not the prison system. It's a plantation system um, that was erected around the 13th Amendment 
um, and the institution of slavery when it transferred over to the states. And here we are, 150-something years later, still working to dis- dismantle this system, still trying to abolish slavery in America, uh, still fighting for our citizenship rights as, as black people in this country, uh, brown people and other people who are also being oppressed um, are also feeling the pain of the American, the, 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 the United States, the, the, the global the global police state. Um, the pandemic continues to rage on behind the walls. We continue to get reports about people dying. Just, you know, um, there's still no state response. There's still no state plan. Um, we had a chance to talk with an organizer today. They're planning an event uh, February the 1st in Washington, D.C. And so uh, hopefully they'll come on tonight and share a little bit more about their event. Um, if not, we'll just give the best update that we can. We're just now receiving information on it. Um, so uh, we're just now kind of like getting the ball rolling on that, getting the information out. Uh, we're going to be sharing it across our platforms. Uh, also, um, the National Freedom Movement, continuing to grow, continuing to build. And, um, you know, speaking of, we have a, a co-host that will be on tonight, uh, Brother Ishmael. He's going to be riding in the host panel with me tonight and moving forward, uh, sharing his insight, sharing his spirits. Um, sharing his wisdom. Uh, this brother has been very diligent uh, behind the wall, uh, doing the work that has to be done uh, for the call for liberation because uh, none of us are free until all of us are free, but everyone has to do their part. You know, no one can sit back on the sidelines and hope that somebody else is going to do the work of liberation uh, for them or for us, um, particularly for those of us behind the wall. Uh, we have a job to do. Uh, we got a role in all of this. We're playing a role in it, and we're trying to define that role and educate, uh, build awareness, get people to start seeing, looking, researching, um, asking questions about what's going on. We'll have uh, some information on the uh, the call for the economic boycott that had been made in the state of Alabama. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a brief conversation on that. Um, but overall, it's, it's, it, we're just going to keep moving forward. You know, we're going to continue to march on, continue to move on. Um, one thing we're going to always be mindful of, that the majority of the problems that we have behind these fences is a result of the conditions that we're in. It's because we stuck in these unnatural environments. And so it's, uh, amongst us, those around us, our peers, we have to be our brother's keeper and remind ourselves and remind each other that none of the issues that we have is bigger than the, the issue. You know what I'm saying? The issue at hand. And so the issue at hand is slavery. Uh, the issue at hand is liberation. The issue at hand is reparation. Uh, the, the, the issue at hand is independence, all balled up into one. And that's our main issue in the National Freedom Movement. Uh, we're building on that platform. We're building towards freedom. Um, we're putting our best effort forward. Um, we'll be able to break down of the National Freedom Movement, uh, how the components work, what the structure is going to look like, uh, what we're going to be looking for from our outside um, organizers, our outside support network. But most importantly, it's about the inside. And so if you're on the call listening tonight um, and, and you're on the outside, uh, we're, we're issuing a call to action for all outside support organizations, individuals, whatever. And we're calling you to the table, and we want you to get involved in this National Freedom Movement Building Coalition. And we want you to understand that there is a focus and an emphasis on people on the outside uh, putting up some kind of um, 
networking where you have to contact the people on the inside. We've got to get connected. We need assistance reaching the people in your area, in your jails, in your county detention center, in your immigration detention facilities, in your juvenile facilities, in your state prison, and your federal prison. We need your help to connect us on the inside with our other brothers and sisters and our and our sons and daughters on the inside. That's what has to happen. The people on the outside cannot free us. We got to free ourselves. And, and the people on the outside can support us, and we can be a part of some of these efforts um, if we have the assistance that we need to get organized. So at this time, I'm going to turn it over to our, our co-host for tonight, co-host moving forward, Brother Ishmael. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on uh, live from the plantation, hosted by Abolition today. Uh, go ahead and, and greet the callers, introduce yourself, and tell them a little bit about you and some of the issues uh, that you're going to be bringing to the table and, and um, why it's important uh, for people to get involved right now and not later. Oh, thank you, Brother Benute. It's an extreme pleasure to be able to share this platform with you and to be able to impart the little knowledge and wisdom that I have collected over my 43 years of being here on earth. And 23 of those years consecutively, I have been incarcerated inside the plantation. And so it's an extreme pleasure to be able to, to come live from the plantation and, uh, and, and awake the people to what's going on inside these places right here. Uh, just a little bit about myself. I'm the uh, first African-American staff writer in the history of the prison newspaper in the state of Texas. Um, I come from pretty much the same background that a lot of the guys who find themselves incarcerated inside of these plantations. I come from the inner city of Dallas, Texas, and uh, it wasn't until I was actually into the plantation where I became politicized. Um, I was able to be able to read a couple of books and, and, and be mentored by a couple of guys that have uh, received a level of consciousness and imparted that to me. And uh, that's, that has been my path since I have awoke, just trying to um, keep on the path of being aware of all of the situations that's going on and make other people aware of what's going on so we can break the bungees of slavery and we can free ourselves. And so it's an extreme pleasure to be here with you and uh, on this on this platform, as we uh, embark on our journey to build a national freedom movement, and, uh, and I just echo the same thing that you echo. Uh, you know, freedom is going to come from self, and uh, we can't. A lot of people try to extend that to other people and look for other people to free them, but in actuality, if you uh, have any desire to become free. You must first of all make that decision upon yourself, and then you must take the course about going about to make that, uh, produce that into a reality. And, um, and this is what this uh, show is about, and I know that that's what you represent, so it's an extreme pleasure to be here with you as we embark on this journey, and hopefully we can, uh, we can free some people. Are you still there, Benu? Or did I lose you? Okay, and um, in particular, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight is that the COVID-19 uh, thing, uh, pandemic that's happening throughout throughout all these prison systems, and um, it, it has been a lack of response for the most part on the administrations that run these places, and if you, um, in Texas in particular, if you look at 
you know, since the pandemic started, we've had over 35,000 uh, prisoners test positive for COVID-19. The death rate is uh, well beyond 500 people. There is no social distance. There is no uh, response from the administration, no adequate response from the administration. Uh, we find ourselves here one year deep into this pandemic, and um, we still have the administration acting as if the pandemic started yesterday. Just to give you a brief example, uh, here in Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, we, we recognize that all of the uh, government health officials, the CDC and other people of that, nation, of that nature, they issued no travel warnings and no gathering warnings. But if you look in the state of Texas, they have they are traveling inmates. They are loading them up on buses every day. Some of them are poorly ventilated with no windows. Some guys not even wearing masks or whatever. And they're taking them sometimes. They can be in a prison where the uh, COVID-19 rate is very, very low. And then ultimately they end up in a prison where the, the, the be transferred to a prison where the, where the rate is very high, which is ridiculous. And, um, and then when they test positive for the COVID-19, they essentially just throwing them in a box and pretty much letting them fend for themselves. Uh, the hospitals are filled to capacity. So when it, when it comes time for a prisoner that needs to be transported to a hospital, possibly put on a ventilator or something of that nature, the hospitals are rejecting prisoners, sadly. And they are sending them back to the prison. And, um, and the prison administration are, 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 are not doing anything to stop it, man. I mean, they never hand out hand sanitizer in the state of Texas. Uh, they never hand out things like bleach or anything like that for you to disinfect your cell. You can literally be moved from one cell to another cell, and you get in that cell and be completely filthy. And, um, and COVID-19 can be all over that cell. They don't really care um, for anybody that's listening, you can go ahead and Google uh, a documentary that's being done by the Texas prison system that's called No Way Out. And that documentary is talking about the COVID-19 and how it exists in the, in the prison system and how it's deeply affecting the guards. And uh, they're taking it back to the communities. Well, we already know that in order for the COVID-19 to come into the prison, um, it was ushered in here by the guards. But then by the lack of response by the prison administration, it, it has spread widely. And uh, some other guards who wasn't previously affected are now becoming affected, and they're taking it back home to their families, man. And um, in that documentary, if you get a chance to check it out, you'll see a situation where a guard was working for the Texas prison system for 19 years. And uh, she repeatedly begged the supervisor not to put her in the area where the prisoners uh, had the COVID-19 because she, she had pre-existing conditions and she knew that uh, she contracted that disease, there was going to be a great possibility uh, for her uh, not making it. And uh, sadly, the supervisor ignored her cries not to be placed in that area, and they put her in that particular uh, situation, and she contracted the disease, and, um, and she didn't make it. Well, the sad part about all of that is that when her family went to try to uh, claim her benefits so they can claim, uh, bury her properly and possibly have some benefits left over for her, her, her kids and her siblings, the state of Texas denied them. 
and they said that she had contracted the disease or the virus outside of work. And so these are the type of things that we're that we're dealing with over here in the state of Texas, and and those same type of cries are being echoed from from plantations throughout the nation. And uh, this is a serious thing. And uh, I'm right now personally writing an article for the Marshall Project that uh, basically details that you know it's pretty much the uh, the roosters coming home to roost, and they train these prison guards when they when they hired them to basically say, hey, man, these prisoners are subhuman, and you don't treat them like a human. You don't look at them like a human. You don't treat them like a human. You don't talk to them like a human. And they have ran that place for so long that it's so deeply indoctrinated into them to where in the midst of a pandemic, they're not able to abandon their playbook. And so uh, when it's in the best interest of the guard, or the prison administrations to ensure that we try to contain this virus and everybody have the proper uh, PPE to uh, prevent from it spreading widely, they are taking their same approach that they've been taking for decades. Hey, man, those prisoners are subhuman. They don't deserve the PPE. Don't give them hand sanitizer. Or you ought to see the mask that they issue out. It's ridiculous. They literally took a sheet and cut it up and had some inmates sew some screens on it, and that's what they want you to tie around your face. There's nothing like this being issued. It haven't went through the um, the CDC or the, the FDA. None of these masks have been approved. It literally is just a sheet that you're tying around your face. And they don't understand how we all have an interest in con- containing this, this, this virus and, and, and getting rid of it. And uh, sadly, man, there's a lot of people dying from it, and um, and they're dying, um, they're dying ridiculously, and they shouldn't be dying because um, the people that have been entrusted with the responsibility to, to caretake this place uh, shouldn't be doing it. But in lockstep, it's, it's it's inconsistent with the slavery. You know, we're talking about live from the plantation, so we right here we we don't. We don't sugarcoat things. We're going to call it by their proper names. You know, uh, this whole entire system is based off of slavery. I mean, from the moment that the Emancipation Proclamation was issued in the state of Texas, um, the people of Texas, they had a whole bunch of plantations, man, with a bunch of crops that was left unattended and nobody to attend to them. So they devised a plan to where they're going to start arresting people and uh, putting people in what they call prison. But sadly, the state of Texas didn't have a prison system. So uh, they got with a guy by the name of Edward Cunningham, who was uh, who founded the company Imperial Sugar. And, uh, and so every person that they arrested, mostly uh, black people, um, African-Americans, uh, Native Indians, and a little bit of Hispanics, and they, they hand them over to... Edward Cunningham, and uh, he built up all of these what they call uh, convict leasing camps all throughout the southern part of the state of Texas, and uh, and he built his wealth off of that. I mean, the imperial sugar that you buy from the grocery store now out at Walmart, that's the same guy. He started that company. I think it's like number five on the on the Forbes uh, top 500 of American companies, and uh, he built that company off the back of uh, 
modern day slaves, what I like to call it, was the convict leasing program. And he, uh, he worked those people to death. And, uh, and so the state of Texas, that's what they did. And then after a few years of, of allowing Edward Cunningham to, to gain his fortune, some of the politicians decided to say, hey, we're being tricked by this guy. Why are we letting him make all the money when we can take these same people and do the same thing that he's doing and we can make the money? And so they erected what was known as the Texas Department of Criminal Justice now. And, uh, and that's basically what it's been ever since then. You can uh, drive up to any Texas prison system now before the sun come up. You'll see them turning out people to work in the fields. And you'll see the same type of overseers on top of the horse with their shotgun and the big cowboy hat telling you to, you know, go ahead and pick the cotton or pick the corn or whatever it is that they got you picking. And sometimes those people are out there from before dawn until after dusk. I mean, there's nothing different from what existed way back in the Edward Cunningham days and in the slavery days. And so uh, even when you come inside the plantation after, you know, working that job all day, they're going to pretty much feed you the scraps that you was being fed back in those days. And uh, God forbid if you refuse to go to work, uh, they don't take the whip and whip you like they did back in those days, but they'll toss you into solitary confinement, which is equally as brutal, brutal and equally as uh, torturous. And so and, uh, when you look at the uniform that the guards wear here, it's no different than the, the uniform that the Confederate gray, uh, the Confederate gray uniform that they wore back during the Civil War. I mean, it's almost identical to that uniform. And, um, and everything else, they tell you, you know, who you can write, who you can't write, who can visit you, who can't visit you, um, what you can eat, what you can't eat, when you can sleep, when you can't sleep, what you can read and what you can't read. It's just slavery by another name. And uh, this industry that they have, and, and it was quite, I was having a conversation with a guy the other day. He works out at the chicken coop. And uh, he really loved that job at the chicken coop. And so I was asking him, I said, have you ever wondered what do they do with those chickens out there that you're raising? Because he told me they raise a bunch of them out there. I said, what do they do with those chickens? Because I, I don't never see them on the menu in the dining hall. And uh, he said, man, I never thought about that. I said, well, you, that's something that you should start thinking about. You know, because not only do they got chicken coops, they, you know, they're raising cows and they, and they got hog farms. And, you know, the Texas is very big on raising a bunch of stuff, but none of us know where any of this stuff goes because it doesn't show up on the menu. And so uh, but when I, I did a little research into all of it, and I know where it goes. They're selling it on the, not on the open market. They have this little thing called the Texas Correctional Industry that um, – that they passed through the legislature about a hundred years ago that authorized them to use free prison labor to grow crops and make products that they sell to other government agencies like the county jails in 254 counties in the state of Texas. They sell that stuff to the counties. Uh, they also sell it to other states. And they also sell the stuff to other countries. And so... Uh, and none of the money is going back uh, to the prisoner. 
there is no money being pumped into the rehabilitation aspect of, of the plantation. Uh, they pretty much uh, want you to just warehouse here. If you decide that you wanted to do something with yourself and go to school or something like that, uh, that's an uphill battle. And if you don't have outside supporters that's willing to finance and support that endeavor, then um, you pretty much are left for yourself, man. Hey, college is man. not available to you. Hey, I'm listening. Peace, man. Peace, man. This, hey, is, uh, this is Max. Uh, just wanted to give you a heads up about two things. One, everything you're talking about, I'm trying to keep up with you and posting it on our page at Abolition Today on Facebook in case anybody wants to look further, like the film you suggested. Okay. And also you have okay. about four people with their hands up for phone calls if you're ready to take it. Oh, yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump in. Um, uh, first, I think uh, we got a brother on the line from live and direct on air. He's supposed to call in today. He's a brother out of New York. They're doing some great things over there. And uh, he wanted to check out the show and, and call in today. So let's go ahead and take a couple of calls, Max. All right, 3103, you are live from the plantation. Can you brothers hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, there he is. What's going on? Peace. I'll be gross. Live hey, live peace, bro. New York. What's going on? Hey, peace, bro. We're glad to have you here, man. We're coming live from the plantation, which... Definitely. I appreciate you guys, man. You know, big ups to uh, the host, big ups to Ishmael, big ups to uh, Jeremy, Free Craig, uh, Daryl Craig. We uh, we, we, we try to work with the brothers from, from your side now to actually, you know, work, you know, try to help these brothers to come home, man. There's a lot of situations going on. I'm listening to what's going on with you guys speaking now. Ishmael just been talking. And uh, it's something that we got to, we got to get on, man, because... Uh, you know, everything he spoke was facts. I've, I've been to the same thing. I've been to the same exact thing where I was wrongfully convicted for something I didn't do and I had to fight. On top of being wrongfully convicted, I had to fight in there, you know, to actually, uh, you know, uh, uh, get certain things and, and stuff like that. Because once you win there, you ain't, you, ain't got, you, ain't, you ain't got no rights. You know, you lost. You, you dead. You know, just like, exactly. you said, just, like, just like you said, when the lights got to come off, the lights got to come off. When you got to go eat, you got to go eat. If you don't go eat, you don't go eat. You know, and there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of abuse in there that you know a lot of people they look at me and they say, "Oh, you talking about a correctional officer? Correctional officer don't do that. Yeah, correctional officers do do that. Because there was times where, you know, we was in there where we where, where they passed by us and they didn't even feed us for for a few days. You know, so it's, it's a lot of things, man. And, and you know, I'm glad that you guys are are into this, man, because I've been looking for this type of team for the longest. Because in New York, everybody, everybody out here, they, yeah, 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 they do the yeah, yeah thing, and then when it comes to action. They're not with the action. See, you brothers over there are with the action, and that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm trying to get with. I'm trying to get with that team. Yeah, um, and we're glad that you called in, brother. This brother's been alive and direct on air. If anybody wanted to um, check that out, he got a podcast out of New York where he also tried to give uh, voices to the incarcerated uh, people that's on the plantation, free Daryl Craig. Daryl Craig is a brother that's incarcerated over in Mississippi. He was wrongfully convicted. They gave him a 30-year sentence based off of nothing. And uh, we're trying to advance that brother call. So if anybody want to check in, out, it's the free Daryl Craig movement on IG. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to the live and direct on air, anywhere where you scream your podcast, and you can hear the Daryl Craig story. Um, what I want to talk to you about today is that um, we're glad and we, we welcome brothers like you because we need your help. As Brother Benu said during the opening, we have our national freedom movement to where we're trying to organize everybody on the inside to have a voice. And we're looking for people on the outside to support that. 
We're not looking for the people on the outside to hijack the movement. We want the people mm-hmm. on the outside, outside to support us in making sure that whatever demands or ideas or, or whatever our voice is singing, we want to make sure that we can implement that. Because oftentimes what you have is some of these nationwide groups and some of these other groups, they proclaim to be down for the person on the inside. But That's right. Straight yeah, straight up. And uh, they are raising funds, and they got these big uh, lavish offices and, and all of these endeavors. But at the end of the day, none of it is sufficient for us, right? right. And uh, we finding ourselves year after year still stuck in the same place that we were previously. So uh, those people we don't want to invite to the table. We want to invite the people in the table that's going to sit and listen to us attentively, and they're going to uh, take our ideas and they're going to implement our ideas and make sure that we're successful in our ideas. That's and right. so we want right. to partner with, 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 with brothers like you at, in the Live and Direct and Brother Tucker over there at Live and Direct. Shout out to Brother Tucker. We're here, man. we out here. we out here for y'all. We told you when y'all come out here, we got best for y'all, man. Yeah, and uh, we want to partner with y'all, and we want to make sure that uh, we we include y'all to um, to to help us reach our agenda and our goals. So, you know, we have the, the National Freedom Movement, and also any brothers that y'all know on the inside up in New York, or in okay. Connecticut, or in Massachusetts up on that north um, on that northeast side. Uh, go ahead and put those brothers in contact with us because we want to also give those brothers we want to hear their plights because in each state there's different plights. We yeah. Yeah, because in each state, you know, we all have different plates. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Because, uh, you know, we got some national issues that affect us all, but uh, we have some regional issues that we want to go ahead and allow them brothers to speak for themselves. We don't want to speak for them up in New York. You know, we want to put those brothers to speak for themselves, so we want to bring them to the table on the, uh, the National Freedom Movement. And uh, anybody else that might be listening, man, throughout the country, you know, if y'all know anybody that's incarcerated, that's in the plantation and uh, and, and have issues and want to participate, uh, go ahead and have them get in contact with us, man, mm-hmm. so we can uh, include them in our agenda. And likewise, like the brother from the Live and Direct on Air podcast, if anybody else on the outside, you know, if you have a podcast, maybe you can, uh, you have some web designing uh, skills, maybe you have some, um, some you can copy edit, maybe you can just make some copies of some transcripts, because that's what we were trying to do with the brother Daryl, man, we want to get all his records and stuff, you know. Yeah, we got and, to um, listen, brother, brother, I'm sorry to cut you up, brother Jeremy, but we got, we got to okay. get all that for that. That's how we do the transcripts over here from New York and Connecticut, we make the transcripts, we got, we got a machine for that, man. That's what I told you. Get okay. the papers. And, and, we and need that's that. what we do, man. We do all that. We 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 do transcript. We send hundreds of packages every month, thirty five pounds to New York. And, and I could get yeah. all them brothers over there, call into the show, so they could they could talk on, on this show from New York. You know what I'm okay. saying? I, you know, I don't, I don't I don't mind connecting all the New York or the Connecticut or New York, New Jersey. Send them over there so they could get up on there and talk with y'all, man. Last man. That that's great, man. That's what we need. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to build a nationwide coalition, a national freedom movement. This is not something that's going to be a, a Alabama thing or a Mississippi thing or a Texas thing. We're trying to build a nationwide movement because we everybody that's incarcerated in these plantations have issues, and we need to create a platform so their voices can be heard. So uh, we welcome you, brothers, from the live and direct on our podcast. Appreciate it, man. And, uh, Appreciate it. And then uh, you know we'll get together in the next day or two, and I give you some more resources on everything. And I already told the brother. But new that we're coming on your show to tell his story, so he's ready for that. 
listen, I tell you, my light is always going to be left on over here for you guys when y'all come down this way, man. Another thing I'm going to tell y'all too, man, I basically do everything myself when it comes to, like, if we got to get printing and all that stuff. You know, I got the company yeah. for all that stuff. There. We don't got the house church notes. Anything we got to do with printing, with shirts, with banners, with all that stuff, the promotional to do what we got to do, my company do that, man. You know, okay. we, you know that, that, that's, 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 you know, and, and I got the website. I'm going to send a, a Jeremy the website, but, you know, we, we, do, we, we try to keep everything, in, you know, in, in one circle so we can just, you know, the, the movement to do this, man. We ain't got to go outskirt nowhere, you know? That's great. Well, tell the listeners, tell, tell the listeners how they can get in contact with you, bro. If anybody on the outside want to connect okay. with you or anybody on the inside. They can get in contact. Okay. Live, live and direct on the air, on Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok, all over the, you know, the, 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 the medias. We also have uh, live and direct on the air com, where we have live shows with all the brothers and sisters calling from New York prison, New Jersey prison. And uh, we also got the print. We got the print, which is Royal Tees, T-E-E-S, royaltiesbrooklyn.com. You can get anything printed, man. Moving. That's great, bro. Hey, man, right, I want to thank you for taking our time to join us on the air, man, and uh, live and direct on air. Anybody that's listening on the inside or the outside, y'all want to connect with the brother. He just gave out his information, and I want you to know, bro, you're always welcome to this platform to come and share man, the information and the work Please that you're doing. Yeah, when y'all brothers get on, let me know. I want to get on with this, man. This is what I do, man. Okay. Most definitely, bro. I hit you as soon as we get out, man. And I appreciate you again on behalf of me and Brother Banu, man. We appreciate you for coming on, man. Appreciate all of you guys. Ishmael, all of you guys, man. All right. That's good luck, bro. Peace. Peace. Max, we can go ahead and take another call if you want to. All right. 2444, you are live from the plantation, Savannah. Good evening, good evening. Hey, Max, you called me out like that. <laughs> how you doing, brother? Hey, Savannah, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I just wanted to put a little bit of context uh, to the conversation that you were uh, for to the conversation that you were having about um, the severity or the extent of COVID-19 in the Texas prison. Because uh, you okay. know it's, it's something that a lot of folks been organizing around. So. I got a few facts for you. Okay. So, uh, so currently here in the state of Texas, we have 31,444 positive cases in the Texas prison. Um, wow. We have 3,290 active cases, meaning that uh, essentially they are symptomatic. Uh, we've had 72 uh, people confirmed dead uh, from COVID-19, 101 presumably dead from COVID-19, and 53 pending cases. Um, 99% of our units um, have someone either with COVID-19 or who has been exposed to COVID-19. Um, and I can tell you that the unit that my loved one was on was one of the units that actually did fairly well for the you know, the first part of the pandemic. However, right now they're currently on lockdown um, because they currently have 592 active cases just wow. in that unit alone. Um, and so since they're locked down, there there's a restriction of movement, you know, between in the unit, you know that. Uh, so yeah. essentially if you don't have a job, then you're not you're not going anywhere. So the people that are working in the laundry are the people that are, uh, working in the kitchen are really the only ones who are allowed out to go to work. 
So my loved one worked in the kitchen, and he was telling me how he's working, you know, 14, 15 hour days just to make sure that the guys in his unit are able to get a hot meal because otherwise they get the Johnny's. And, you know, I'll let you explain what the Johnny's are. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's slowing down. There's a lot of conversation about whether or not uh, people in prison are going to be allowed to get the vaccine, um, you know, so in their limit supply. So uh, there's lots of conversations around COVID-19. And the news did mention um, the national um, protest that's happening on February the 1st. We had a call today, and I'm not sure there's a name for the group, but there is a group of organizers organizing around a COVID-19, and they're calling it Cage COVID. Um, most of them are going to be in Washington, D.C. on February the 1st. Um, however, they are encouraging people to kind of decentralize and organize in their local areas based on what – and I live in the greater Houston area. I can tell you there's an article that just came out um, that the Houston County Jail is pretty much just about at capacity. I think in the article it said they have 10,000 beds and they only had 25 beds left um, as of 3 p.m. today. So 25 out of 10,000 um, beds. So they're just about at max capacity. And all that is correlating with the overflow from the prison because, you know, everything is delayed in the prison. You know, everything kind of stops. So when that stops, that means the county jail is just kind of overflowing. So it's created a problem. Uh, there's one gentleman who's reached out. He's been uh, pre-trial for, uh, I think they said, about 28 months. He hasn't had a trial yet um, as a result of uh, the delay from COVID-19. So huge, huge problems with that. I just wanted to put put that into context with what's going on in, in Texas, and I'm sure, you know, um, it's pretty much the same around the nation as, as everyone's trying to deal with, like, you know, what's going to happen in a situation where you can't social distance, you know, you can't really take the necessary precautions and, and the CDC uh, recommendations. So, um if anyone's eligible or available, I really encourage you to um, participate uh, in the protest uh, because I, most states have already done some type of organizing around COVID-19. Um, but I think the thought was that, you know, it was going to kind of slow down at some point. Um, there's really no um, no sight of, of, of it slowing down anytime soon. So I think that we just need to uh, stay vigilant and uh I keep getting our voices heard. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah, I appreciate that, Savannah. Uh, I think Manu had said that somebody from that movement was uh, planning the call tonight, so hopefully we can get some more information from them if they're on the line. Uh, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, because you were talking about the vaccine, and uh, I've been having some real, um, I wouldn't say heated debates with some of the guys on the inside about the vaccine. Um, what I'm trying to get people to understand this about the vaccine, okay, first of all, I, I got a document from a, a newspaper reporter that uh, said that the state of Texas was issued like a 1,000 doses of the vaccine for the prison system, and only seven inmates made it onto the list, and the rest of them went to staff members and medical people and stuff like that. Out of the 1,000 doses that they got, only uh, seven inmates was on the list to receive it. All right. Well, the debate that I've been having with a lot of guys is that, you know, those of us that are conscious 
and uh, have researched this vaccine, uh, pretty much don't want to take it, right? And uh, what I'm trying to get the brothers to understand is this. We don't want to infringe on anybody else's rights, right? Because if if a person in here, for whatever reason, feels like that they need to take that vaccine, I don't want to stand in their way. So I was telling a couple of brothers we have to be careful because they're trying to put this blanket indictment out as if none of the prisoners want the vaccine. And I was telling them that, you know, we have to be careful with that. You know, just because you don't want the vaccine, somebody else might want the vaccine. And uh, as we've been discriminated against for so much, we don't want to discriminate against anybody. And so what are your thoughts along those lines? Have you ran into that where, like, any organizations on the outside are trying to stop the vaccine from coming into the prison? Um, uh, thanks for the question. So, you know, I'm a nurse, so uh, <laughs> I think uh, just overall access to the vaccine has been um, a huge issue uh, just because, you know, it was issued un- under emergency authorization. I think that that's something that folks don't understand, right, that um, everyone's wondering, you know, how did they get this vaccine approved so fast and, and why are they issuing it now, you know, when it usually takes years for these vaccines to be approved. Um, but we're in a pandemic, right? Like thousands of people, millions of people have died, you know, around the world. And so um, they were scrambling to find a solution, right? And so they started these trials, and, you know, each tri- each uh, medication has to go through three phases of trials, and, you know, they have certain stipulations um, that they have to meet before they're even allowed to apply for um, emergency use. Now, um, Pfizer was the first manufacturer to uh, be approved, and I actually got the vaccine. That's the one I got. Um, and so I kind of made some Facebook videos to kind of, um, you know, explain my process to my family members and loved ones who were, had access to the vaccine and were contemplating taking it um, if they were in a high-risk population. Um, but I haven't seen any advocacy groups working for folks on the inside who are um, discouraging people from taking it. On the contrary, the issue is trying to get access to people in the prisons because we know it's a high risk population. But what we're what we what I'm asking and most of the folks I know are asking is that people be allowed to have the choice to take it or not take it. But that could happen, you know, if several people, you know, refuse it, then, you know, then it might be you know, there might be an assumption that, hey, you know, they don't want it. Let's just move on to the next, you know, like population. But I know they're trying to um, prioritize like health people that are in high risk, elderly people, you know, sicker folks, um, you know, of course the healthcare people, and then you know the CDC did recommend um, uh, vaccinating people who are incarcerated just because of the conditions, you know, and you know for everyone else that doesn't know, like the access to healthcare, you know, um, the healthcare infrastructure in the prisons is already weak, um, and. So it would be best to take as many preventive measures as possible to keep people uh, from getting and spreading COVID-19. And vaccines are preventive measures. So um, that's my thought about it. Uh, and I agree with you, uh, Savannah. 
I think that uh, we have to be careful and make sure that we don't do anything to deprive anybody else of their right to receive the vaccines. And I just wanted to make that clear to some of the brothers that feel like that uh, if one person take it, everybody has to take it. And that's never been so in prison. I mean, uh, like even when they came with the TB thing and they wanted everybody to take the TB test, well, you still have an option here that you can go and do an X-ray if you don't want to take the TB test. You don't have to take it. Uh, you can do an X-ray, and, they, and you can refuse it all the way around altogether if you want to refuse everything. And so we don't want to uh, we don't want to impede on anybody's right uh, to take the vaccine if it's available. And um, and we and we want to push for the vaccine to be available for the people that's in there because if you check out what's going on in Europe, they put the prisoners right up at the top with the elderly people and the people that's in nursing homes and things of that nature because they understand that if they're gonna really and truly grab a hold to this virus and stop it spreading, then uh, the people that are, are subjected are in the most sensitive positions are the people that should get the vaccine first. Right. I thank you. I thank you for your call, Savannah. Is anything else that you want to um, add to the conversation? Because I think we got a couple yeah. more people on hold. Uh, I just I'll talk about it later. Um, and Banu probably had it on his agenda. You touched on the natural freedom movement, but I'll wait for Banu to come back on so he can follow up with what you said. So um, I'll hang around. Okay. But you're doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, please. Okay, thank you. Uh, we live we live from the plantation. This is your host, Brother Ishmael. Brother Banu is with us, too. Uh, Max, we can go ahead and take another call. We got somebody on hold. All right. 6946, you are live from the plantation. Yo, yeah, what's up, man? This is Malik Moore. I'm waiting for South Carolina, dirty low country. Um, with the prison system down here, we're pretty much going through the same thing, like you said, with the mask and everything. They pretty much made like uh, a shirt, you know what I'm saying? Cut up some old shirts or uh, old sheets and put some screens on it and gave it to you as a coronavirus mask, which is ineffective. Down here, they give us bleach sometimes, you know what I'm saying? It's not a consistent basis. Nothing's consistent down here. It might go consistent about a week or two, then next note for like three, four days or, or even three, four weeks, there's nothing going on. And when the slightest thing happened, they shut down everything, you know. But right now, what we're doing, we have a practice what we call LRL. And y'all can hear me? Yes. Okay, LRL, and that's called Letter Rally Lawsuit. We first write letters to all responsible officials, you know, like maybe the captains, the majors, the warden. Then we go a little bit outside to the, uh, the health department, maybe the attorney general, a couple of centers, get them involved. Once we submit the letters and get a little feedback, our next step is go through a rally. And the rally, sometimes we invite the media there. Uh, the next rally, I was proposing to invite uh, maybe some police there. You know what I'm saying? We, we speak about what's going on and the seriousness of the COVID-19. I'm using the COVID-19 because I get a lot of people's attention. But there's other serious issues back there, too, like uh, the use of violence against mentally ill inmates, you know, the over-reliance on lockdown when a single thing happens. When you lock inmates down for a long period of time, it causes anxieties. And when they come out, they almost always fight. You understand? So lockdown is something that should be a last resort, but they 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 just using it too much. So the inmates are just frustrated. And there's no education programs. You basically sit in your cell almost all day long. They feed you through a flap. Um, there's only probably on, on the yard that I'm on right now, there's probably only one or two dogs that actually go to the kitchen. So a lot of your food is always cold. 
uh, inmates are having stomach problems, different things. It's hard to get the medical. Medical is almost non-existent. If you're not about to die, you're not going to medical. Uh, but like I said, it's letter rally lawsuit. Uh, we don't perform one rally, and right now we're in the process of filing a lawsuit. Uh, with the lawsuit right now, I also have a music group called GMG. GMG is in 11 states, and we're international. We're in Nigeria. And what we're doing, we're trying to reach out to all 11 states to get them to join the class action, you know what I'm saying, file a lawsuit against the Department of Correction as a whole. Because the same thing, what he's saying, you weigh in New York and I weigh in Sacramento, we're experiencing the same things. You know, it's the same thing all through the plantations. Under the 13th Amendment, it said neither slavery or voluntary servitude except for punishment for a crime. So we slaves at the end of the day, and that's how they treat us. Thank you. Yeah, uh, before you hang up, bro, that's good that uh, that you brought all of that up, and I can expand a little bit more on what on the National Freedom Movement. So we need brothers like you. That's that's what the National Freedom Movement is about. We want to go ahead and organize with brothers like yourself and what organization that you already got in place there in South Carolina. We want to lean on brothers like you to bring those issues to the national forefront so we can help y'all fight for that, right? We don't want to come into your state and tell you what issues that that you should be fighting for. We want you to tell us what issues that y'all have there, and we want to give you the resources and the platform necessary in order to address those issues adequately. And it seems like that y'all have a a, a very well-organized structure there, and we welcome that structure with the National uh, Freedom Movement, and y'all can bring that structure. We can give y'all a platform on a national scale, so people, some of the resources, you heard the brother from New York was saying, you know, he has um, the resources to print banners, T-shirts, uh, we can we can run copies, we can put it on the website, you know, that's what we're trying to do, so we need brothers like you that are conscious, that are committed, right. and, and that knows what's going on in your state, right? And it, it doesn't make a difference that y'all already have an organization there that's in place, we want that organization just to join us on a national platform so we can right. be in That's a position to advocate with you in South Carolina. So, hey, bro, mm-hmm. we really need you, man, and uh, we, we want you to get in contact with us, stay in contact with us. You can tune in every Thursday to Live from the mm-hmm. Plantation. We want to give you all that platform, man, because we're not in the business of just highlighting problems. We want to provide solutions, and we want to push these people to implement those solutions. And who's better to solve your problems during South Carolina than you and the other brothers that's incarcerated in your state at the plantation, right? So uh, we invite y'all to come join us at the National Freedom Movement and uh, and give us and make and educate us on what's going on because the National Freedom Movement is different from some of these other movements. It's all about us on the inside putting our voices forward, and the people on the outside just going to su- serve in a supporting role. They can't come in and change the narrative. Whatever you telling us is happening in South Carolina and the solutions that you put forward, that's what we want to put in. We're not going to let the ACLU of South Carolina come in and tell us what you're saying ain't accurate or what you're saying ain't real. We don't care about what they're saying over the ACLU of South Carolina. We're dealing with brothers that's from the plantation, the brothers that, that's right hands-on, direct with the issues, and, and giving us the solutions on how to solve them problems because in Texas, we can't solve the problems in South Carolina because we don't know what the problems are. But when we come together on the National uh, Freedom Movement and you educate us on the problems, then we can put the solutions together and hopefully we can make a, a positive change for you brothers down there in South Carolina. 
I want to uh, thank you for your time, bro, and for calling in to the show, man. This platform is always open for y'all. That's what we're here for live from the plantation to give a voice to the brothers that's incarcerated. So don't be a stranger, bro. Don't be yes, a stranger. Brother and, uh, Kyle. Tap into our national yeah. freedom music. Yeah. Can, oh, yes, uh, Brother Lee, can you let us know how we can get involved in that letter writing campaign? Uh, let folks know how they can uh, get involved, because I know you mentioned that uh, you guys were looking for uh, other states to get involved. So how can they do that? Mm-hmm. Um, I can give you my email. You can email a letter to me. We can speak a little bit more, because it's different okay. things that we're trying to attack right now. I got a whole list. So it also depends okay. on where we write now. We write attorney generals, uh, House of Representatives, Senate, we try to get them involved. We got a list of different newspapers. You know, I'm almost like the legal counsel almost. I work also gotcha. for the president of United Streets of America, not United States, but United Streets. We got a president and a vice president. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm I, like I legal think counsel. we're connected on Facebook. If not, let's connect through Matt so I can get some more information. Connect through who, Matt? Yeah, I think I think Max has you on his list. Okay. Yeah, yeah but if anybody else that might be listening that may want to support your campaign and what y'all are doing, just go ahead and tell them how to get in contact with you, bro. Uh, my email is J Brown J B R O W N two seven four one four at gmail dot com. And okay. right there. When you when you contact me, you see the music sign pop up. GMG. Okay, that's J Brown two seven four one four at gmail dot com. Yes, sir. All right, anybody that's listening that can help this brother in his, in his movement and what they got going on in South Carolina, man, please feel free to send that brother an email and, and he's sure to get back with you. Hey, bro, we appreciate you coming you on well. live from the plantation. <laughs> and uh, don't be a stranger, bro. You're always invited. Thank you. Yeah, Savannah, I mean, it's, it's kind of strange that, I mean, we live from the plantation. All these plantations pretty much are dealing with the same thing. He was saying how they took old shirts and put strings on them. And uh, essentially, that's what they did in Texas, man. And I don't even think they test that to see if it's adequate enough to uh, to stop the COVID-19 or whatever the case may be, man. These people would do anything. Max, do we have anybody else holding on online? Yes, sir. Uh, 0517, you are live from the plantation. Oh, and can I just say real quick to the brother in South Carolina, we're at the organizational stage of ending slavery in South Carolina. We're looking for a sponsor in legislation and putting together the bill in order to end slavery in that state. So it's good news. All right, 0517, live from the plantation. Who am I speaking to? It's Ismail? Yeah. Yeah, please get in touch with me, sir. You heard my email? Yeah, I got your email right here. J Brown two seven four one four and uh brother yes, Max sir. and Savannah's on 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 air too. And uh they we all got it. So we'll be in contact with you shortly. Please do. Okay, thank you. Most definitely. Oh five one seven, you are live from the plantation. Peace love, brother. Uh man, what's good, man? This brother Kent. Man, uh, man, I'm on point. I'm on point with y'all, man. Uh, uh, I just wanted to tap in and just tell y'all for those that you know, I be I be real busy, man. But I'm following I'm following everything. I'm 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 up to part with everything, man. Uh, matter of fact, uh, 
here over here in Mississippi, we about to have a, a conference call right now pertaining to different things, you know. So I just wanted to uh, tap in and say we we, we inside over here in, uh, in the state of Mississippi. We ain't we ain't neglected nothing, man. We just busy putting putting it in too, you know what I'm saying? So uh, y'all can uh, keep up with us, and we are gonna keep up with y'all, man. Just letting y'all know what the, what the progress is. But I'm I'm finna uh, vamp off because we got a call at eight. But uh, peace, love, you and team success, man. I support everything going on, man. Plus. Thank you for calling, Brother Kent. Uh, Free Darrell Craig, he over there in Mississippi prison system too with you, man. You know that brother. That's a beautiful brother right there. That, that's that's my dude, man. That's my dude, man. Matter of fact, yeah, I'm the man. one that was that would text you. I'm the one that would text you last night. I thought you was him. You see what oh, I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> I've been I've been looking for I've been looking for bro. That was I was like, damn, you way in Texas, how you get Texas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking you was yeah. him. You know what I'm saying? But oh, yeah, that's no, my guy, man. man. Just... I've been, yeah, that's one of my comrades. He been he been uh yeah. he been doing well, man. I've been knowing him since he's been in the system. So yeah, I'm I'm yeah, trying man. to contact him. If y'all can find some kind of way to uh, I think I know where he at, but I ain't got no contact on him, man. I drop it in your inbox. I get you the information on how to contact him. In the meantime, you can go to live and direct on air anywhere where you get your podcast and hear the Daryl Craig story. Man, that's, that's we're trying try to have a kid to get that brother out, man. That's a good brother, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I've been knowing him since he came in, man. He's a real good brother, real strong young brother. But uh, peace, love, you and Tim said to the most too, man. Y'all continue pushing, y'all. Right. Power to the people. Okay, all right. Appreciate the love, bro. We live and direct on the air. This your host, Brother Ishmael. I got Max with me, and I got Savannah. We got anybody else on hold, Max? Uh, no, we don't. Uh, would you like to take a music break and uh, give people a chance and then come back and see if we get somebody yeah. with their hands raised? Let's do it. All right. Remember to press 1 on your keypad if you have a question or comment. Uh, we're going to play some music. We'll be right back after this.
will overflow And there'll be nowhere for us to go And we will run, run Wishing we had pulled out the fire This your host, Brother Ishmael. I got Brother Banu on the line with us also. And um, we're just giving the voice for the people that's incarcerated and locked up on these plantations and bringing out the issues so the people on the outside can understand what's really going on. We're not sugarcoating anything. We're not putting any type of flower on it. We're just giving it to you live and direct. What do you think about the show so far, Brother Banu? Hey, man, I'm just glad to be back. I had to step away for a minute, but, um, you know, I come back. I'm listening to the people talking. Um, this is a people-driven show. We'd like to keep the lines open. Uh, any of our guests and callers like to press one uh, to come on and be heard and share your message. Um, you know, like the brother came on and was talking about uh, the things he had going on, and we're trying to support, you know what I'm saying, because that's what it's going to take. we got to support each other, you know. Um, just thinking about this last couple of weeks and, and some of the things that we saw, uh, we saw the, the insurrection, rebellion, whatever you want to call it, that went on at the Capitol in this country. We're now seeing a call for um, armed protests at every state capitol around the nation. And these people are showing us what unity looks like because they're coming together and they're showing you what, what, you know, what the fight has to look like. We have to fight. You know, nobody else in the, in the world is achieving anything. Uh, without fighting for it. It's not to say that we agree or disagree with what they're fighting for. It don't matter. It don't matter what they're fighting for. What matters is what are we fighting for, you know, and we get a chance to see the police force, the Capitol Police, um, allowing people in. Uh, now we're finding out that emergency call buttons were ripped out across the state capitol. Uh, we're seeing police officers, off-duty officers all around the country uh, being arrested for being in the capitol. So that should give you an idea of the enemy that we're fighting against. This is what we're up against, but how are we responding to it? You know, when you have an enemy that's going to these measures and these extremes, doing things that we never, we've never witnessed in our lifetime. They, they always proclaim this to be the land of the free, home of the brave. But, you know, like we say, this is the land of the free and home of the slave because that has been our experience in America. But just to think about the fact that want to highlight this point. On the day that this insurrection occurred at the, the coup occurred at the state capitol, they were counting the um, the electoral college votes to announce the new president. That's the reason why they chose the day that they chose. That's the reason why they was going up in there. They literally was fixing to pull the coup and take this government and take this and take this election because they want this power. They want this control. And so for us, when are we going to pull a coup? You know, when are we going to step up and rally our troops? Because there's 2.5 million of us behind these walls. That will make us one of the largest standing armies in the world. 
You know, that would make us one of the largest standing armies in the world. But soldiers have to march in formation. Generals have to lead. You know, elders have to be uh, consulted. The wise have to sit in council. And we're not doing that. We got so many things that, that we allow to separate us, petty differences, strife, divisions, egos. But these systems were created to have us at war with each other, to have at each other's throats. And so those are the things that we have to bring into the consciousness of the people. And at the same time, they're carrying out a chemical warfare against us with these drugs and a biological warfare with these deadly diseases. And we're not fighting back on either front. We, many of us can barely articulate these scientific uh, experimentations and wars that are being going on, this biological warfare. Uh, the chemical warfare, many of us are participating in this stuff and making these crumbs. But the people that we're feeding it to, those are foot soldiers. You know what I'm saying? These are the people that we're going to need to fight the war. And we're getting them drugs that's going to have them comatose. The enemy going to walk right by them. It's going to be just like what we saw in the state capitals. You know, so, but the, the system that we're in is it's very fragile right now. It's on, it's, it's on its last leg. It can't withstand no pressure. But we ain't applying no pressure on the system. We're too busy applying pressure on each other. You know, they got this thing now where guys like to prove that they can put a hit out on somebody. But you putting a hit out on somebody inside a prison system that didn't put you here, that didn't put all that time. We need to be putting a hit out on the system. You know what I'm saying? We need to be trying to wipe the system out, to take this system of oppression and slavery out. You know what I'm saying? That's what abolition work does. Abolitionist is nothing but a hit man. He has a target, slavery, and he's going to wipe it out. And we have to become those things because otherwise we're going to continue to be uh, the sheep for the slaughter. And, and slave. So, you, yes, and a slave, and a slave. We're going to continue yeah. to get up and answer that word called mail call. We're going to continue to call mom and dad and ask them big money. We're going to continue to run our games and run our skits so we can just go and get some disposable goods Saturated food, get, heavy starch, heavy shit. We don't even know what's going on. Some chemicals yeah, that they're getting high on and making them freak out and take all their clothes off and all that stuff. Throw up everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and we got uh, the same story. That, yeah. That's the work we're doing right here from the plantation. That's the work we're trying to do with the National Freedom Movement. I want you to talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, the National Freedom Movement is an idea that um, I had, you know, that come about. It came, the, 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 the pieces started going into place in 2015. But instead of building an infrastructure, what I was doing was building a network. And so we built a network um, through Free Alabama Movement. Free Alabama Movement is an organization that I founded in 2013. And it was based on work strikes, boycotts, protests, and social media campaigns to challenge the conditions that are going on inside of our prison system. And that idea was sparked uh, by, in 2012, I ran across a newspaper article about some events that had took place in the state of Georgia. And I don't want to get off into the long, drawn-out history because I've told it so many times. But it inspired me to do some things in Alabama, um, to utilize technology, to document conditions, to do filming sit down and interview people, to talk about injustice, to talk about their experiences in the prison system. And we use all of that information 
so that we could gain control of the narrative about the prison system and what was going on and why we were taking action. At the time, we were labeled a nonviolent and peaceful uh, civil and human rights movement. Um, and we were using nonviolent tactics uh, under the Peaceful Assembly Clause of the First Amendment. And we organized these work strikes at multi-prisons around the state. And then it grew. And then we went into other states and we started educating and teaching people that this is the core of the system. This is how we can break the system. But it takes a massive mobilization of labor coming together. It takes a massive mobilization of resources coming together and boycotting the canteen, boycotting the wall phone, boycotting the incentive package. Because a lot of the funding and the budgets for the prison system comes out of the labor and out of the canteen and the store and the contracts and the kickbacks. And so we said if we can put those contractors out of business and we can drive these prison profiteers and these people that got these con- these uh, companies on these prisons, if we can drive all of that off of the plantation, we can drive a lot of people out of the prison system. But you can't do it with just one. We've got to come together as a collective. And so evolving from that, we ended up having the, the nationwide work strikes in 2016, the largest prison strikes in U.S. history. Um, at the time. And what happened was we had people coming in to support us because our social media campaign took us all around the world. And so we started receiving support and people were coming in and support us. But what I found out was that after we did the um after we did these strikes and then we had the the um the second nation, national prison strike in two thousand eighteen, um what we found out was that when the momentum for these things died down, when the state came back and made a counter move, when these people who had came on board to assist, when they left, they took all their resources with them. They took their graphic design. They took their computers. They took their printers. And so now we were left in a position where we're begging people to help us, but everything that they got and all of their funding came as a result of actions that we did on the inside. And so I said, we can't get caught in that position anymore. Um, I saw where um, J-Pay had posted that we – our family members transacted $1 billion in money coming into the prison system in one year just on JPay. Um, EJI did a report. We spent over $24 million on um, uh, canteen purchase, the store, the, the store, the snack line. So we're not poor, but that money is not going for us to fight this war. That money is money we turn it over to the damn enemy. It's just like you being into it with a set. And you you taking them and giving them the money that they buy their weapons with and they killing you with them and you ain't got no weapon. You know that's basically what we're doing when we're giving our money and labor over to the system. We we're allowing them to build their army up to come and slaughter us. And so if we take that back, then we become an army. And so the, those are some of the things that inspired me to, to to come up with this national freedom movement because I said we got to build our own infrastructure. You know, we got to start over from scratch and build a solid infrastructure of nothing but people on the inside. And anyone on the outside that comes to the table to assist us, you got one job. Go into the local jails, go into the local uh, federal or state prison, whatever is close to you, immigration detention. Go inside those prisons, by however you get in there. If you can physically go in there, if you can take phone calls, collect phone calls, if you can write letters or you got a newsletter you want to support a newspaper subscription, Go in there and get those people pointed in direction of the National Freedom Movement. That's for the outside force. And for the outside support, we need to build an infrastructure from the ground up. We need one designated outside support organization in every state. 
and then we need to, to link them together with every other state. And, and their their responsibility is 100% exclusively to the inside. A lot of organizations already have an agenda. They're already doing things, and then we become a part of their agenda. We're not their total focus. Well, if we build our own outside organization, then that organization will be built from the ground up, from people on the inside, and it will be set up to help us carry out this mission that we're on for freedom. It will have a a line in there to collect phone calls. We'll have a number on standby that we'll mail inside of prisons all around the country. Any activists, anyone part of the organizations that are organizing that we're doing, they'll know who to call. We'll have lawyers volunteer to be a part of it. We'll have our, our mission, our information, and it'll be composed of volunteers. If, you have, if you're already doing something, then we'll need you to come and volunteer to answer the phone or return letters or make sure we get the information out or whatever it is that we're doing uh, when we organize. And we want to organize particular kind of events. We want to organize boycotts at some of these companies. We want to organize boycotts at the JPAs. Um, access um, secures, the secures technology. We want to boycott them. And at the same time, if, if like when the California men did the hunger strike, over 30,000 people participated just in California, where the National Freedom Movement will organize a nationwide work strike and try to get that number up to 100,000 or whatever we can get it. Because if you pay attention to the landscape that's going on in America right now, there's a protest over here. There's a protest over there next week. There's a protest over there next week. There's a protest. They hunger striking over here. They hunger striking over there. None of it's connected to each other, but all of it is for the same problem. The COVID-19, the drugs, the deaths, the suicide, the, the all of that. The, everyone's challenging the same issue. Well, why we ain't moving together? You know, why are we not moving together? And so the National Freedom Movement is trying to bring all that together. If you're doing something on the outside, do it together with other organizers that's doing something on the outside. If we're doing something on the inside, do it together with other organizers on the inside. And let's all do it at the same time. Everybody on the inside going on this day. Everybody on the outside going on that day. We got a, a, a drone out plan saying we're going to boycott this company, protest at this company, hunger strike at these prisons, work strike at these prisons, boycotting at these prisons. The magnitude of that type of organizing, the magnitude of the impact that we have We'll shut this thing down. But if we keep doing it sporadically, they can afford, they can absorb you doing it over there by yourself. They can absorb you doing it over there by yourself next week. They can absorb you doing it over there by yourself next week. But they cannot absorb us all doing it everywhere at the same time. They cannot absorb that. So that's the ideology behind building the National Freedom Movement. And it starts within people. When you come on board and get involved, please, I don't care what you're doing, if you got a protest next week or the week after, if it's not connected to the people on the inside, then how can you say that your event is about people on the inside and they're not a part of it? You're not talking to them. You're not listening to our ideas. We don't have a sign up. We don't have a message out. But you say you fight for us. That doesn't add up. That doesn't add up. And so we're trying to add this thing up and figure out what can we do to bring one and one together and make one. Not make two. We want to bring one and one together and make one, you know. So that's what the National Freedom Movement is doing, and we need your help. We need you to go to, we need you to, if you know someone in prison, I don't care who it is. Um, and Jeremy, he can elaborate on this. 
Um, you know, everyone has a a, a cause, and uh, Brother Ishmael, he has a cause, and Sister Savannah, she has a cause, and, and, and we all have causes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, ben and Hammer Rossland has a cause. Everybody has a cause. But this is not about the individual cause. This is about the collective cause. This is the free everybody. This is not the free one. This is the free us all. And um, yeah. then she had a she had a beautiful breakdown of some insight in a conversation we were having about outside support. And so what I want to do is turn it over to Brother Ishmael for a minute so he can, he can talk about, you know, why we have to balance that thing of the individual versus the collective, and then we'll transfer over to Savannah. She can just talk about some parts of the conversation that we had yesterday about outside organizations and what is important to have the understanding about as they get involved. So I'm going to turn it over to Brother Ishmael uh, to, to bring that point home. Uh, do we have any callers at this time, Brother Max? Uh, no one that hasn't spoken already. Uh, they are on okay. mute at right. the moment, so if you want me to open right. them back up at any point, let me know. Okay. Yeah, All right. uh, anyone that want to want to get on get on the call, just go ahead and press one and raise your hand. That way, Max know you there. We live and direct from the plantation. We got Brother Banu and Brother Ishmael on the line, and Savannah is with us too. Uh, you know, Banu, um, the late great Karl Marx. He pretty much divides society up into two different types of people. You have the uh, bourgeoisiers, and those are the people that control the means of society, the JPAs, the securities, those type of people. And then you, and then you have the proletarians, and those are the people like us that that they are, you know, pretty much making all of their riches off of. And um, and he was saying that any society that want to overcome that. And uh, and take the, those who control the means from playing us like puppets. Then they have to reach what he called class consciousness. That's what Karl Marx said. They have to reach what they call class consciousness. And class consciousness is essentially what we're trying to do with the national freedom movement. And this is what it looks like. The same type of problems that you have in New York are the same type of problems that we have in Texas are the same type of problems that you can find in California, are the same type of problems you're going to find in Idaho, are the same type of problems you're going to find in Florida, and the same type of problems you're going to find in Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. And so it is our goal and our objective to ensure that everybody who finds themselves incarcerated in one of these plantations understands that, hey, man, your plights are no different than my plights. The same problems that you wake up with and face every day are the same problems that I wake up and face every day. And it's only until we get that message across to each and everybody across the nation to understand that we're all facing the same type of problems that we can reach what we call class consciousness and we can move together as one collective group. And that's the work that's cut out for us with the National Freedom Movement. And that's why we're trying to ask people on the outside. If you can help us distribute information on the inside, because the first thing that has to happen is people have to be educated. You have a lot of people that's been tricked, a lot of people that's been duped. Okay, like, for example, in California, they'll say, hey, man, uh, we don't have them same type of problems that some people down in the South have. We over in California, we're dealing with a whole different group of individuals. However, like Brother Benu just articulated, hey, man, you still paying for them phone calls for securities. 
And when your people want to uh, do a money transaction and put uh, money on your account or whatever case they may do, JPay still costing your people. And uh, all the way down to the lost wages that's happening from you being incarcerated and locked up on that plantation where you can't support your family. And so we got we got we got our work cut out for us. And so we need people to help us uh, distribute this information, educate the public. And when I'm talking about the public, I'm not talking about the people that's on the outside. I'm talking about the people that's on the inside. They need to be educated to understand that, hey, we're all in this fight together. And only until we really understand that are we going to be able to unite as one collective force, like uh, Manu was talking about. Because if we strike over here in Tennessee and everybody else is not striking, JPay ain't missing nothing. Securus is not missing anything. So we have to all come together united, whether you're in West Virginia, whether you're white, black, if you're gay, if you're straight, if you're a gang member, non-gang member, don't make a difference. The thing that's going to unite us is that we're all incarcerated on these plantations. So that's the work that's cut out for us. That's the work we're doing right here from live from the plantation. We're trying to educate everybody so they can understand. As you've seen tonight, we had callers call in from South Carolina. We had people call in from New York. We got people calling in from Texas. And it seemed like it's the same caller because all other issues are the same. And that's what we're trying to do right here, to let everybody know that we're all in the same boat, we're all in the same fight, and we need to come together because that's what those people that rushed the Capitol last week, that's what they understood, that you have their fight is not way, different. Brother. Okay. Uh, they understood at the Capitol, they came from all over the nation. And uh, Benu and was talking about how some of them was police officers and all of that, and guess what we found out today? Some of them was Texas prison guards, right? And I'm pretty sure some of them was Alabama prison guards. They just ain't putting that information out. So those are the people that's, that's, that's manning these plantations and stuff like that, and they come from all different types of walk of life, and they, they achieve what Karl Marx called class consciousness, and that's what our objective is right there, Brother Benu. We're trying to achieve class consciousness, that what we all know that we're in this fight together, and, and we need to all come together in order to implement the solution. I'll go ahead and add the caller, Max. All right, 9520, you are live from the plantation. Good evening, fellas, ladies, um, everybody. This is um, Brother Elijah from the inside. Um, peace, brother. Peace. I just want to um, encourage the brothers to keep fighting, man, to keep doing what y'all are doing because – from my standpoint, from my point, well, from my, from where I stand, it, 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 it's so discouraging. You know, I just got to be honest. It, it's so discouraging because, you, like the brother saying, we need to educate brothers. But how do you educate brothers that don't want to be educated? Um, I know for the last couple of years, man, right here, I've been sitting here and and talking to a, uh, I'm almost blue in the face, you know. And, and trying to get brothers to see the seriousness of what's really going on and that the only way to free, uh, for us to be free is to free ourselves. And the way to do that, we're going to have to make sacrifices. But it seems like the more I talk, the, 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 the less is comprehended because, man, um, with the strikes, work strikes, boycott, protests, that's all I think about. I, I dream those words. I, I speak those words all day because I know that's the only way freedom is going to come for me and a lot of these other brothers. 
But when you're the only somebody in the camp almost that's speaking these words, man, it, it kind of get discouraging because you got people that um, don't seem to know what sacrifice is or, or, or seem to to want to sacrifice because as um, soon as they call sight line, you know, they, they, they run and screaming trying to get to the people trying to spend that money. They call store. That's the only time we go out the dorm the last few months, man, is to catch the store catch the snipe line, and go to the child hall. Other than that, we've been thrown right back into these dormitories where we're sitting right on top of each other. And like the brother in Texas and, and, and uh, Mississippi saying about the, the, the face mask, man, the, the mask that they give us, it's probably some shirts that they, they had the women at Tutwiler to sew together, you know. So, and these things are not safe. I don't know when the last time we had hand sanitizer. And, and it just so happened I was looking at a news clipping today, and I seen where that um, Alabama um, added 646 deaths this week alone to to do from COVID. And, and, and the numbers are only going to get even higher because it, it seems like people just really not taking this thing serious, man. And, and it's really very easy to get discouraged. But I want to let you brothers know that you guys really uplift my spirits tonight. Mike and Savannah, Benu, and Ishmael, brothers, keep fighting um, until your very last breath because that's the only way change is going to come. And like you said, that's what those people did, man. They got together. They came from all over the country. Until we all come together, man, on this thing, man, it's an uphill battle. And, and, and like the brother said, man, we got so many guys in here that – that they, 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 they don't seem to care. They don't seem to understand the significance of it. And, and I look around because we have so much power, man. We got so much power. And most of our power is an expended power. And if we just, man, if we just learn how to control our spending, like the brother said, man, we, this, 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 this whole system will crumble. I look how we extort each other. Five six hundred dollars for a cell phone that costs thirty and forty dollars. I look how we extort each other for the drugs and stuff. The class A drug man, they got so many brothers distorted and, and and don't even think about home. Never even talk about missing their children or missing their mom. And at one time, that was the only talk in prison. Want to go home? Want to talk? Missing missing your loved one. But now, it, it, that 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 talk is almost extinct. But to the brothers that fighting, to the sisters that's fighting, man, I just want to say, I take my hat off to y'all, man, because it, it takes special kind of people. And Mike, like you, man, man, you just don't know, brother, I take my hat off to you because of the fight that you put in. Man, you fighting for people that don't even want to fight for themselves. And, and, and I just want to encourage you all to keep fighting, man, because when you're consistent, it's going to be some change. And when you be persistent and consistent, some changes are bound to come. And I just want you brothers to know, man, that I stand in solidarity with you brothers that's fighting, your sisters that's fighting. Man, I'm here. Whatever I can do, then you have my number. You have my page. Man, get with me. And just keep fighting, brothers, no matter what. Don't give up. And I'll keep with that. Hey, man, Thanks a lot, bro. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, don't you give up either, brother. Don't you give up. Don't you get discouraged because you can see what's going on right around you. But sometimes it's not what you say, it's what you do. So you can affect people by just 
just stay in the course and they can see the type of courage and bravery that you display. And uh, and some people will join your ranks, man. I know I ain't get a chance to tell if I knew this, but you know we get creative over here. You know some of them youngsters, they like to they like that rap and they like to get into that rap. And so I get out there and they get to rapping on the table. I get out there and rap with them, but I don't get out there and say. I think I'm Big Meech and Larry Hoover. I get out there and tell them I think I'm Malcolm X and Martin Luther, and they rock to that, right? And then uh, when I come, when I leave the rap, they'll come pull up on me and say, "Hey, brother Ishmael, you got some books on them people?" I say, "Yeah, I got some books on them people. I ain't even know those people exist." And so we can have an effect like that. We have to get creative in our approach, and uh, sometimes it's our actions and our behavior patterns to show people that, hey, delayed gratification, man, can really pay off if we stay together. So don't you get discouraged, bro, and you stay the course, too. Uh, we need brothers like you. True that. You know, I want to, um, uh, Savannah, you still in the queue? I want to bring Savannah on, because like I said, she has some interesting things she wanted to um, contribute to this conversation as far as outside supporters. Hey, I'm here. I'm still here. Um, so, yeah, um, actually, like my concept of outside support really aligned with like everything the National Freedom Movement stands for. But even before like I met any of you guys, like and my brother first went into prison and like we were trying to like deal with his sentence and really take a look at like what that would look like for us and, and trying to support him out here through that. Um, just because the the policy like and I don't know if it's everywhere, but they had him in, like, solitary confinement, I guess, because of the type of sentence that he had. Um, they put him in solitary for a little bit um, on suicide watch. And so when he came out, you know, um, I was thinking, like, you know, how how can I, you know, support him through this, encourage him through this, um, and still help him, like, fight his case? How can I be a support to him um, and uplift him. So the first thing I did, like I always say, is like try to learn um, how I could help him. Um, but I think that the the most important thing for, for us to remember is on the outside, when we're organizing these protests and these rallies, um, we have to encourage our family to participate in whatever way they can. And, you know, the structure is, you know, boycott, protest, social media campaign, but you know, I had a conversation with my brother, you know, because here I am, you know, allocating, you know, to abolish slavery. And then he goes and works 14 hours in the kitchen, you know, for free. And I'm like, you know, so I'm out here doing this. You know, what is your role in all this? Like, how are you going to help me help you, you know? Um, so And support looks different, right, from different states. That doesn't mean, like, I'm expecting him to protest. It doesn't mean that I'm expecting him to boycott anything. But, you know, we have to have this conversation because I think a lot of times family members don't participate in certain ways because they're not encouraged by the people on the inside, right? There's no um, instruction as to, like, how they can help them get out. It's only, you know send me JPay, you know, write me. So it's all about helping them stay comfortable in their condition of confinement. And so I was really, like, I guess ambiguous about protesting certain conditions because even though I know conditions are horrible, like I never want 
like my loved one to get comfortable in that situation, right? But I do it because I know it's inhumane not to have AC in triple digit conditions, right? And, and so there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that I do, but I think twice about because I'm like, you know, how can we, how can we do this together? So the structure should always be, you know, we're working from the inside out. So we're working simultaneously. If I'm protesting, then you protesting in some way, even if you write in a letter somewhere, you know, you contribute in, in some form or fashion. Because, I, you know, I'm making a sacrifice, too, on the outside. I'm free, but I'm taking vacation time. I'm spending money. You know, I'm contributing the only way that I can to help him get free. So the conversation should always be, like, how can you work together? So in, in this, like, in the organizational structure, you know, the organizations on the outside are going to support the folks on the inside with whatever mechanism or incentive that they are working toward, right? But the goal is so that the organization on the outside are reachable to the people. Like if they need them to reach out, call, you know, write a letter, they get in trouble, then they know that they have somebody in the community that they can trust that's going to reach out, even if it's just calling the unit. You know, I call, like if my brother has issues, I call the unit. And I don't call all the time because he doesn't always have issues, but they know me. And, um no matter what entity it is, like, you just make yourself familiar and, you know, if they know somebody's on the outside looking after you, then um, it's not going to be the best situation, but um, it'll be better. I'll say that. So I think that um, that's the best way to success, if that's what you want to call it, or or uh, working toward improvement and changes is to work together. And I do agree with what you said, Renu. I don't know if you said it on this call, um, but when we're trying to rally and around change makers, our first instinct is to go to the Capitol. We go to the legislators. Um, but we do need to rally uh, at the prisons more to encourage people and let them know that, you know, that we're out here and we're fighting for them and just make a little noise for them outside. Um, of those gates. So um, that's just my perspective on it. Thanks a lot for that. Um, you know, um, like I saw a post um, one time and it said that they ain't with the boycott strike shit. It ain't did nothing. It ain't produced nothing. You know, but I would beg to differ um, for, for a number of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, um, before the, 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 the first round of protests, no one was talking about anything going on in, in the Alabama prison. Since that time, this system has come under a microscope of scrutiny, you know, really almost unlike any other system in the, in the country. You know, everything that does, if you hear something talking about prison stuff, you're probably going to see something mentioned about the Alabama prison. It's been reported on, like, all around the nation, all around the world, people are talking about the prison system. Um, two prisons have been forced to close down because of what we've done. You know, Draper closed down. They brought back a little small part of it, but for the most part, they closed it down. Holman has, has closed down. One commissioner, Grant Culver, out of there. James Deloach, out of there. Kim Thomas, out of there. Abusive officers and stuff. Uh, Warden Davenport. Um, um, on and on and on and on and on. Uh, officers being prosecuted for murders and stuff. People, you know what I'm saying? There's been a lot. You know, they established two parole boards. Thousands of people got out on parole. If you don't think that that was changed, just look at what the parole board is doing today. But what I want to say in, in, in response to, to statements like that, 
two things. One, neither one of our protests has lasted 30 days yet. You know, but you're asking us to change a system that receives $600 million a year annually, and you want us to change it with less than 30 days worth of effort. You know, and number two, the critics, they don't never have any kind of alternate plan. They just don't like yours. And the reason why most people don't like our plan because it don't rely on our old lady to say, if not, my old lady, she she handled it. Yeah, she uh she she went to school and she knows that the, the mayor and the city councilman and and and, and they gonna she gonna pull up on them and they gonna get it worked out. You know, these are plantation dreams. That's not the American dream. That's the plantation dream. Or they'd be hollering about what the uh what the um the parole board gonna do or the Route 32 this that. And we know people get out from these avenues every day. But that's not friends. That's not solving the problem. You know what I'm saying? And so what I'm saying is when people come with a critique, come with an alternate plan. Because if you don't come with an alternate plan, we're interpreting it as saying you don't want to give up them hundred bucks. You don't want to give up them suits. You don't want to give up the, the comfort that you have created for yourself on the slave plantation as a slave. You know what I'm saying? And then if we want to see change, we have to meet the oppressor's intention. We're being oppressed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You want to stop that oppression? Go on boycott 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Go on a work strike 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If we did that, we won't even need our family members to come up here and protest for us. It'd be their turn to sit back and kick their feet up. And so we have to examine ourselves in our critique. When you criticize criticize someone, examine your critique and say, damn, what did we actually do? Did we hold the front line? And oftentimes the answer is no. You know, we got to get to the point where this shit is a, is a way of life. I said it on one of the shows that closed out last year. One of my mentors told me, he said that George Jackson said, I think he said George Jackson said, I may be wrong. I think he said George he said, no person in prison should ever work a job. Whoever was, he said, we should never work a job in prison. If we could, if we can get our people to that level of consciousness, we don't have to organize no work strikes no more. You know, but how many people want to come to that point where they say, this is a culture state? Like the brother said, he dream about work strike boycott protest. That has to, <clears throat> has to become the driving force in your life. You you have to think about attacking the system every time you wake up and you feel the oppression that the system brings. You feel the walls closing in on you. You feel the distance from your family. You feel the, the, the lack of, of, of intimacy with a woman or with a man, whatever you're, you know what I'm saying? You feel that. You feel these deprivations of not being able to be a father, not being able to be there for the school. Every day that you feel that, you should be in protest, boycott, work strike mode. Every day that you feel that, anytime you feel this pain, it should immediately trigger a reaction from you to say, okay, if I'm feeling it today, they feeling it today. You know, until the pain goes away. And the pain ain't going away till the gates open. And the gates ain't open until the money 
that pay for that gate and pay for the one to turn that key, it ain't going away until he go away. And we the only ones that can do that. And it's not going to be done overnight. It's not going to be done in no, no, in a week or two weeks or 19 days or 10 days. You're not sending dismantle a $600 million system in 10 days. You got to go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And that's what we're trying to build. We're trying to create a whole new mindset, a whole new way of approaching this stuff, a whole new way of thinking. Somebody else told us how we should do our time. When we came into prison, somebody told you how to do time. We're trying to change that conversation. We're trying to get people to start doing time in a different way. The National Freedom Movement, our political education campaign, Prison Lives Matter, the political education campaign, Jailhouse Lawyer Speaks, political education campaign, um, uh, Decarcerate Louisiana, political education campaign, uh, Plus Party, political education campaign, and any other, uh, the New African Black Panther Party, political education campaign, and the new formations that are arising. The political education campaign, we have to collectively start educating people about a new way of doing time, a new mindset, and because that's how we got to this point where we are. They didn't just start teaching us this stuff last year or two, three years ago or five years ago. They've been teaching us this stuff for over 100 years. You're not going to undo it in one day, but it can be undone. But we have to all work at undoing it together, all at the same time, all moving um, on one accord. Um, we thank you all for listening. This is live from the plantation. Bidding Hamble, Rasan, Brother Ismael, Savannah, uh, Be Frank for Justice, Brother Max, Abolition Today. Uh, this is a caller-driven show. Um, we're getting closer. We've got about 18 minutes left. If there are any other callers, anybody out there listening, I'm going to give out some contact yeah. information. You have another caller. You want to contact yeah, go ahead, Brother Matt. Oh nine one six, you are live from the plantation. Hey y'all, this is Lulu. How y'all doing? Um I just hey, wanted what's to up, call Lulu. Hey. hey, hey, hey. I be, usually I listen on my computer and I um I don't ever call in, but what I wanted to say today, just kind of speaking as we are all, you know, kind of joining together under the NSM um to make a movement. Um, I wanted to speak to what you and Savannah just spoke about. And basically, it's important that people on the inside know that if you expect people out here to be working, I expect the same thing from you. And what we see too often is, like you said, it's, you know, waiting on your wife or your homegirl or whoever to save the day. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, everybody we start organizing and coming together and then people get off on their own agendas. So you organize and you know, the, the point and what we're doing is to organize in our state under one umbrella. So South Carolina falls under the umbrella of organizers who are organizing under the national freedom movement. That's it. That's period. Not to say that we're coming against anything that is already being done, but it will say, it does say that in addition to what you already bring to the table, so if you have a specialty that you focus on, if you have a certain area that you're, you know, currently galvanizing in, what you need to do is that's great. Continue to bring that to the group. But then in the same token, there are going to be things that are outside of your scope 
that are going to be asked of you from the inside in order for us on the outside to current, you know, to come together collectively and make this thing run smoothly. And so I, you know, I just felt as when Savannah said, it's hard for us to be fighting so hard. We work all day long. We getting up, we work into the wee hours in the night, you know, um, only to find out, you know, a portion of the group of people who are working with us or for us have decided to deviate and try to make this all about a self-movement. If people could get themselves out of prison all by themselves on all of their self, you know, self-made tactics that you've acquired while you are incarcerated, then you would already be out. There's no point in us all coming together to try to fight this movement, to fight this system, and people try to deviate and get on special things that, you know, they have a passion about once we've organized and created an audience to pay attention to the topics and concerns that we have. And so I just wanted to kind of put that out there to let y'all know that South Carolina is represented under the National Freedom Movement, and we are all in this together. We all running in the same circle. Very, very beautifully stated. Uh, Max, make sure we uh, wax, say that, put that on wax. That's part of the uh, promo <laughs> for next week. All right. <laughs> I wanted to concur with uh with what Lulu just said because I don't I don't know if Savannah told but knew this right, but uh we me and Savannah was talking a couple of days ago, and uh here in Texas they used to charge us a hundred dollars to go down to the medical uh, medical co-payment, and of course everybody know that they don't pay you to work in Texas, so if you don't get money from the outside from your loved ones and your friends, then uh, you don't get money. And they they stack that hundred dollars up on you so much that every time you go down there, some of these guys owe the state of Texas like three thousand dollars because they're going down there for medical, and each time they charge them a hundred dollars. Well, uh, my position has always been, you know, do whatever you can do, like what Benu was saying. You do whatever you can do within your uh, scope to try to make a difference. So uh, I decided to go ahead and write an article about this hundred dollar medical copayment. And, uh, and one of my editors got the article, and they said, hey, man, we really, really like this. We want to publish this. And then uh, and I sent the article to James White, which is a state representative. You know, he chairs the Corrections Committee here in Texas. And uh, James White wrote me back and said, hey, man, I'm glad you wrote this article. He's a conservative Republican. He said, man, I'm glad you wrote this article because it makes sense of what's going on with the medical system. And uh, Savannah was on the outside writing the bill up to reduce the $100 medical co-payment. Now, I didn't know Savannah was on the outside help writing that bill. I didn't even know they was on the outside writing the bill. All I knew was that I was incarcerated, and, uh, and I wanted to make a change on this particular policy. So I wrote an article about it. And universally, all of that energy came together. And uh, we got rid of that $100 medical co-payment here in Texas. And so I, I tell the guys here, you know, systematically, to go into what Benu was talking about, systematically from birth, we have been drilled to where we don't have power. You're powerless over your situation. And so I tell the guys here, man, you're not powerless, man. If anything, just pick up a pen and write somebody and tell them about what's going on. If you can't do nothing else, if you don't have enough strength not to go down to the commissary and buy the cookies, or not to get on the phone and use securities, or not to use the JPEG or whatever. Pick up a pen, man, and just write somebody because you don't know what can, what that can spark on the other end. 
So you got to use the type of power that you got and don't let these people tell you that you don't have power because the mayor runs in the state of Texas prison system five times a week. Use that mayor. And if you need some addresses, I got some addresses. Use the mayor, man. There's people on the outside that will correspond with your energy, and you'll be surprised on the type of change you can make. We're getting close to uh, wrapping up the show, but I mean, you know, I think that um, Little Carl really summed up a lot of things. Like, there is a the, the system breeds dependency. Um, the sheriff pay for your meals and buy your clothes and put your bed in the mattress. The prison system then takes it over. And the independence, the, the mindset of independence, um, we were already deficient in that before we came to prison. You know what I'm saying? And these prisons cater to that. They cater to building a, a, a dependent uh, being, a dependency, a state of dependence at all times. You depend on someone else for your food. You take a shower when they say you can take a shower. You go to bed when they say you can go to bed. You get up when they say you can get up. These are not the hallmarks of, a, of an independent individual. And so that's why we call this a, a, it's a freedom struggle, but it's an independence movement. You know what I'm saying? We have to learn what it means to be independent. And independent in the respect that we talk about is independent of the enablers of the system, independent of the shackles of the system, independent of those things that work against our interests and keep us in the condition that we're currently in. We're breaking away from that. We're, we're building a level of independence from that. And a lot of guys don't want to hear it. They don't want to, I mean, the, the, the mindset and psychology, the work that's going to be have to be done on the social psychological level, you know, people are underestimating that. You know, people don't really understand the condition that people are in. But it's not just the people on the inside who are in a bad condition. It's our support, the people on the outside who keep it alive, who who, who handling the money and handling the pack and doing all of these things. These girls are not helping us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, you're getting your hair done, you're getting your nails done, or you're putting rims on your car, or you're getting to go to the club, or you're getting a few bills paid, but at what cost? Brother B making the statement to me, uh, Brother Neil X uh, from the Nation of Islam, he said, we like the the, uh, the the income, but we ain't paying attention to the outcome. The income is all good. The money looks good right now, but what is the outcome? What is the outcome of what you're doing or what you participate in? See, we got to get over that self-hate because you ain't going to sell no damn flanca or no fentanyl or no ice. You ain't going to just, that ain't going to be the way that you survive um, when, you don't, when, you, when, you, when you love yourself. Because when you love yourself, you're going to love the people around you. And when you don't love yourself, and you are allowing yourself to be an agent for the state to harm your own people because the more um, in, intoxicated our people are, the less effective they can be in the struggle. That's just point blank, bottom line. And if you contribute to the incapacitation, in, to incapacitate your brother or your sister through your actions, then you're working with the government. You know, we talking about who the ops is. We talking about who the double agents is. See, it's the ones that are doing the things that keep the government in power, you know. But we don't want to have that conversation because we're being told that this is a gangster lifestyle. Well, the the um 
uh, Brother Russell Maroon shows he wrote an article, uh, an essay, Liberation of Gangsterism, and he's showing that the, the gangster mentality came from from the, the oppressor. He the one that came with this platform for gangsterism that we know and love today. It wasn't Larry who, it was J. Edgar who that fucked up the street code and the culture and put that stuff down there. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we got to be conscious of these things and understand that a lot of the cultural practices that we have and norms and morals and values came from our oppressors. We were bamboozled. We were hoodwinked into believing that this is the way to go through TV, through movies, through radio, through music, through gangster rap, through the drug culture. We were, we were, we were acculturated by these people. And look at the result. We look, we, we, they got us prioritizing the income over the outcome. The outcome has been total destruction, total decimation, violence, death, betrayal, all of the above, you know. And when we figure out who is responsible and what is responsible, we'll stop blaming each other. We'll realize that these little things that, that have us at each other's throats, these gang wars and these these these, these power, so-called power plays. Man, that's no power, bro. These people just showed you they just made a power play in the capital. We ain't even made a power play on the ship, though. You know what I'm saying? These folks made a power play in the U.S. capital. And we run Tremendous. around here beating our chest, and we ain't made a power play on the ship, though. Exactly. So, um, exactly. I just... I just wanted to share those things. Um, we appreciate everyone for calling in and listening. And uh, I'm kind of co-hosting tonight because I had to step out of queue for a while and do a do a um, conduct a legal call. Uh, Brother Ishmael, uh, Sister Savannah, and Max and them hold us down. So I'm gonna turn it over to Brother Ishmael and, and let him close us out. The uh, final six minutes of the show, give some parting words uh, from the host of the night, Brother Ishmael, Sister Savannah, and uh, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. Yes, sir. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to Scotty Reed and the Black Talk Radio Network, which is syndicating your show live tonight on the Black Talk Radio wow. Network. Shout yeah. out to Scotty, to Scotty Reed, man. You know, this is how I met Max. This is how we got started on Black Talk Radio. Those brothers were sending that platform to us at the height of the movement. They was right there, lockstep every day, constantly. Y'all come on the show. Come and tell them about the Alabama movement. Keep putting the message out. At the, at, they were there, man. They've been there, and they haven't left. They, they've never been more than a phone call away. They've never not answered the phone. Uh, Max has never not missed an appointment to be here on these, uh, the live from the plantation. I was about to give out the contact information. I had got in the room. I'm going to give out the contact information. Then I'm going to turn it over uh, to Brother Ishmael. The number one national freedom movement at gmail.com. That is our contact information. The number one national freedom movement at gmail.com. And once again, thanks to Sister Lulu, Brother Elijah, uh, the caller from uh, New York, Sister Savannah, Brother Max, uh, everyone who is continuing to contribute. Continue to share the flyer. We're going to be here every Thursday night live from the plantation until we dismantle the system. Uh, this is Brother Benu Hannibal, your co-host, and I'm turning it over to the host for tonight, Brother Ishmael. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say real quick, you had mentioned the brother, uh, Russell Maroon Schultz, man. We want to keep that brother lifted up in our prayers. You know, the brother's COVID positive, and uh, he's fighting over there with the administration trying to get adequate medical care. And uh, and actually, if y'all go to his uh, page on IG, they have a rally plan, and I think it's one week. I don't have the information in front of me, but I think it's one week, 
they have a rally planned on behalf of that brother right there and the medical treatment that he's trying to get. So uh, we want to support that brother, man. He's a legendary brother in the movement. He's never uh, given up the fight, and uh, and a lot of his material has reached me and helped me in my politicizing, um, me being being politicized. Um, and the closing words I just wanted to say, man, um, anybody who have listened tonight to anything that has said, don't let that information uh, reach you in vain. They got the COVID. Uh, uh, meaning this, uh, man, take action. Take control of your environment. You have the power to do so. Don't let anybody else tell you that you don't. It, you know, simply as, you know, writing the grievance about the situation right there where you're at, um, reading a book to help with your politicizing, uh, to understand the issues at, at the core, uh, helping somebody else with their plights, man, uh, sharing the information with somebody else. You know, some of the information that you might hear heard, heard tonight you can take that information, man, and share it with your cellmate that probably didn't have a chance to hear it uh, with some dudes on the run. You know, they talk about Kim Kardashian and all that stuff that they talk about. Uh, change the narrative tomorrow. Go and talk about what we talked about on this show about collective consciousness, about understanding that we are all in this fight together, man. It don't make a difference what color you are. It don't make a difference what town you come from and all that other foolishness that we use to divide ourselves. You don't want to be that guy. We want to we want to come together, man, and we want to address these problems because this, this is serious. People are dying, man. And when I'm talking about people are dying, I'm not just talking about physically. You got a people walking, a lot of people walking around here mentally dead. Um, there was a guy right here on the cell block where I'm at, and uh, he constantly uh, put put out the information about he got 35 or 36 days left, right? But uh, it doesn't make a difference how many days you got left in here if you're going to enter back out there with the same mindset that you entered in here with. It doesn't make a difference because the only thing that's going to be in your future is is a lot of more slavery. So uh, we don't want to be them people, man, because just because your your physical body is free, if you're not mentally free, then you're still held in captivity. And the ultimate goal is to free the dome. And that's what all freedom right. is all about, man, freeing the dome. And if your dome is not free, then you, you're being a slave to somebody else. And you don't want to, I, I was talking to a young kid here, and every word that he say, it comes from the top 15 rap songs that they, that they playing on the radio. He haven't had an original thought in his life. And so I pulled him to the side and I asked him if he's going to be a parrot to the rappers for the rest of his life. Or is he going to uh, look himself in the mirror one day and realize that he's his own man, he can lay his own course, he can do his own thing. And uh, and a couple of days later he came back and, and he thanked me for having that conversation with him. So we can do something, man. Don't let these people tell you that you're powerless because you're not powerless. you got power. It's power in the pen. It's power in your voice. It's power in your actions. All you got to do is tap into it and uh, use it. And I, I want to thank everybody that um, that joined us tonight and the National Freedom Movement, man. Um, anybody that's interested in that, uh, Brother Banu gave the email out. On the outside, we need y'all help. But if you're interested in hijacking the movement, it's best for you to stay where you're at because Brother Banu and I, we ain't going to let you do that. We're not going to let you hijack the movement. Uh, we, we're going to set the stage. Uh, and, uh, and, 10 seconds. 
Okay, in 10 seconds. So uh, thank Max, uh, thank Savannah, thank Lulu, thank uh, Live and Direct on Earth, everybody for showing up, man. We'll be back next Thursday live from the plantation, man. Be here or you're going to miss out. Pity for the innocent, so I'm a representative. 